Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. This is K-16 Mulholland. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and a stuck elevator filling slowly with blood. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Ben McKnight. Blood isn't really that groovy. Lupine as Rosa Garcia. At least no one has hair in their eyes anymore and in their eyeballs. And Matt as Diego Kennedy. A slather of sweet relief. Welcome, players. How's everybody doing tonight? With my hands. I'm good. Good, and you? Besides choking to death on junior mints, perfectly fine. Well, guys, do you remember when we were growing up and people were always telling us, you can be anything you want to be? Yeah, fucking liars. <laughs> well, that's my point. While being optimistic, it's not the most honest advice to give to kids. But having said that, if you were able to change careers to anything except your current job, regardless of your experience, education, skill level, or even physical limitations, what would that profession be and why? If I could snap my fingers, I would be a working movie director. That shouldn't come as a shock to some of you. I've dabbled in short flicks and even one ill-fated feature film. And despite the varied quality of those efforts, I really enjoyed the creative process. It would be amazing to do that on a regular basis without concern for sleep, money, time, or strained relationships. I'd be a philanthropist. Help as many people as I could before I die. 100%, that's what I would do. So I was actually this for a while, but I can't be it any longer. I used to be a trail guide. Physical limitations mean I can't do it anymore. I'd have to go with voiceover, like just do professional voiceover acting for a living. Because you still get that satisfaction of being a part of the creative process and you get to like see the results of your work and people can enjoy it but since nobody ever sees your face you don't really have to deal with all the problems that come with being like an a-list celebrity you would really only get noticed by people that either are really big fans of yours or play very close attention because nobody knows you by anything but your voice in a world where where matt is a voice actor is a voiceover artist i use this show as a chance to work on my terrible terrible accents because you never know all right guys uh, well listeners if you would like to drop us a letter from beyond please visit lovecrafttapes.com anytime and fill out our contact form we accept well-considered criticism fawning praise and even soliloquies from sir anthony hopkins espousing the virtues of fava beans and a nice key ante I was hoping somebody would do that. The show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. So thanks, guys. Appreciate that. But before we begin tonight, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello again. It's me, Lupine, from the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. Now, you may remember me from such roles as Rosa Garcia and uh, uh, stuff and things. You know, when I'm not using my God-given talent as a licensed mixologist to create otherworldly concoctions with butterfly pea powder, pine needles, and mayonnaise, I like to relax in the great outdoors of these here Americas and listen to an audiobook. No, not audiobooks, no Surrey Bob, audiobook. Just the one. And I think you know the one. It's the one, the only, the Necronomicon. 
Now, here's a little story that I've got to tell about Adbul al-Hazred, who wanted to cast a spell. So he wrote a big book with sigils and runes, but he never expected he'd wake the old ones. That's how the audiobook begins, and you'll never guess who they got to narrate it. Morgan Freeman. I mean, if you're going to record a project of this magnitude, you had better pony up the dough to get the best of the best, right? Anyway, during the first hour of the audiobook, and I'm starting to get a little dozy, lulled by Mr. Freeman's soothing and overly familiar voice, and I enter a kind of dream state, half asleep, half awake. I begin to see or imagine these creatures just swimming in the air, bloated eels with human features undulating in the space around my campsite, never coming too close to the fire but ever circling as if seeking an entry point. Above, the stars begin to melt into the night sky, running like phosphorescent tears in rain. And beneath me, the earth trembles, soil rupturing as something... something... pushes itself ever closer to the surface, clawing dirt out of the way in its hunger and hurry to be free once more from its dark and lonely grave. Yeah, but then Morgan Freeman's narration is interrupted by a commercial for Blue Apron, and I snap out of my stupor, all the odd sensations and supernatural occurrences suddenly dispelled. You know, it's a good time for a break. So, I remove my headphones and continue foraging for rosemary sprigs, non-poisonous mushrooms, and, you know, whatever else I can wave over a glass of moonshine to distract you from getting absolutely wrecked at the bar. <laughs> so... The next time you're in the mood for the sultry tones of Mr. Morgan Freeman reciting blasphemous incantations, or if you just want to hear your next-door neighbor screaming incomprehensibly as something devours their mortal coil, feel free to begin your audiobook journey with the Necronomicon. Not just a good book, the best book. <laughs> If you received that Proctander service as a birthday gift, what would you give that person as a thank you? Can of beans. It depends on if I'm married to them or related to them. I could disown them. That'd probably be something I could give. Oh, maybe just a gift card to the local Buckies. I would give them the gift of me never having to see them again. Priceless. For my part, I would open an interdimensional portal to 1994 and steal a six-pack of Zima gold for that person. Then we'd sit out on a patio overlooking the city at dusk, sipping the sweet nectar and watching as the stars twinkled into existence once more. Oh, you just always knows what to say. Because I wrote it. <laughs> it is time, my friends, to play Case 16, Tape 5, Little Old Asima from Pasadena. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Ghost stories have been told around campfires since the discovery of flame, in one form or another, as a means to ward off fear of what might be lurking at the threshold of darkness, and a way to illuminate ignorance of an uncertain future. When Harcourt's particular tale of terror begins to resonate in the real world, 
our investigators suspend their adolescent concerns to dig deeper into the mystery of what happened to Peter in the woods. Counselor Lem journeys a day away to bring back medical assistance, tasking Counselor Tammy with wrangling too many kids at camp, which leaves Rosa, Ben, and Diego plenty of latitude to poke around for clues behind locked doors. When the awful truth is revealed, more questions pile up and a sense of foreboding creeps into Camp Mulholland. Lupine and Brian, please remove your headphones. Diego. Even though your arm feels as though it might erupt into blisters at any moment, a strange serenity envelops you at the mere sight of Brigitte. Her long hair is the color of crimson autumn leaves. Her bright eyes are like languid sea moss stirring at the bottom of a deep lake. Her lips the shade of blushing rose petals, the corners turned up ever so slightly. As she speaks, telling you her brother Nicky is missing, you can't help but react with shock. She can talk? And Nicky is her brother? This avalanche of new information is hitting you all at once, making your brain spin in its ivory prison, even as you're trying to decipher why looking at her makes you feel simultaneously feverish and calm. Then she notices you holding the bottle of calamine lotion and also your reddening arm. Oh, are you allergic? Let me help you with that. I can apply it. I'm immune myself. Well, aren't you lucky? I kind of grew up near woods, so it just doesn't bug me. Sit down on the bed here. And she takes the uh, calamine lotion from you, brushes a little close to you. So uh, you, you said uh, that Nicky was your brother. Oh, yeah. He's been missing most of the day. I know someone said he was down by the lake earlier, but we can't seem to find him. Would you be willing to help me find him? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, with everything going on around here, you got to be careful, you know. Exactly. Oh, God, thank you so much. I knew, you know, that day when Peter was teasing me with that snake. I just really appreciated when you stepped up and uh, helped me out that day. Um, here, roll, roll up your sleeve. How can I say? I dealt with plenty of bullies in my day. I can't stand them. This is going to feel cool. And she puts a little bit of the calamine lotion in her palm and rubs your arm. And immediately it feels as though the heat radiating off your skin quells and becomes much cooler. Feels almost icy. Is that is that okay? Oh no, that's that feels that feels great. I, I don't feel okay. like my arm's gonna, you know, burst into flames anymore. You must be quite allergic, huh? Much more than, you know, an arm and it, it gets really ugly really fast. This should do it. Just roll your sleeve back down and I guess you're wearing a t shirt so you don't have much of a sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Just roll that little tiny bit down. You'll be good. Okay, there we go. If you have a long sleeve shirt in your trunk, maybe grab that and that'll help protect you a little bit. Nikki, uh, last I, I talked to one of the kids and they said he was seen out back behind the bunkhouse. And I think we can just jump out the back window and go. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be the first time I've used that window. Uh, has he ever done anything like this before? Just gone off on his own, not reported back? 
Occasionally, yeah. You know, he's got a problem with uh, authority. Oh, oh, I get that. Trust me. I knew you'd understand. Well, I mean, if you wouldn't uh, mind helping me track him down, I'd really appreciate it. You know, there's a trail out back here, the bunkhouse. I don't know if you've seen it. We're pretty sure that he headed off into the woods that direction. I guess I'm ready to go if you are. Okay, let's go. And she leads you back to where the back windows are in the bunkhouse and easily slips out the window and waits for you on the other side. One sec real quick, all right? Uh, I'm going to grab a uh, a piece of like paper towel from the dispenser on the wall of the bathroom. And I'm going to go back to my bunk and grab uh, just a pen. And on the paper towel, I'm just going to hastily scribble, went to woods looking for Nikki. And I'm going to put it on Rose's bunk. Brigitte looks at you curiously the whole time you're doing it. All right, now we're good. Don't ever want to go anywhere without leaving some sort of lifeline. One of the first things they drill to you when you start doing serious survival training. Good idea. I wish Nikki would have done the same, but uh, you, hurry up. We can catch up with him. All right. And I'm going to scramble out the back window. The two of you uh, depart. Rosa. You stare at Peter's dead, bloodless body. Fascinated. Part of you knows you should be freaked out at the sight of a corpse, but instead you feel a cold curiosity. Both Harcourt and Lindsay rush back out the door of the first aid shack, gagging violently. Ben walks softly up behind you, and you're grateful for his familiar presence, even as you ask yourself, how did Peter actually die? The counselor said it was a snake bite, and you can see two puncture wounds on the swollen tongue protruding from his partially open mouth. But you're dubious. A snake? Really? Besides, you know what you saw last night. That was no snake Peter was French kissing. You look around and spy unfamiliar medical instruments on a tray nearby. Even though you're not well-versed in using them, you know Ben is. Maybe together you could find a clue about what really killed the bully? See those instruments over there? Yeah, the trumpet and the guitar? Yeah, and the tambourine. When did the camp get a hurdy-gurdy? You know how to use some of those tools, right? Yeah. I'm just going to look over the outside of his body to see if I can see anything. Gotcha. What part of the body are you going to be focusing on? Um, Head and neck. I'm going to examine his tongue. Uh, how about a medicine roll from Ben and a spot hidden from Rosa? I needed a 40. I rolled a 52. That's a fail. I got a extreme success. I rolled a five under 25. What happened is I went to reach in for the tongue. For some reason, my brain thought it would be like my tongue, a little bit wet and warm. And this was cold and clammy. Took me aback, so I pulled back. Ben is recoiling from the weird texture of the tongue. There are two puncture wounds. You're not quite certain what could have caused it. However, Rosa leans in and looks past the tongue and spots between two teeth. Looks like a piece of hair exactly in the middle of the front top palate. It looks like he 
bit someone. I take a solid swallow and it's hard because it's all air at this point. My mouth is so dry and I step back up trying to find my courage and I peer in and see if I can see what Rose is talking about. You can tell that the hair, even without extracting it, is long and red. Does it look kind of like a human hair? Absolutely. It looks like it might be the same color hair like that Bridget has. What kind of hairstyle does Bridget have? Brigitte has long red hair. Let's look and see if we can find the missing hair, like where she's missing a hair. Yeah, let's look at all over her whole head. All over <laughs> every single hair. Brigitte's the only one with long red hair here. So that kind of narrows it down to Brigitte. He had been picking on her the other day, so she did have like... I guess, a reason to do that. I don't understand how she could have hurt him. Did she have a snake and like shove it in his mouth? What if she was like a snake person or something? We've seen weird shit. Yeah, but a snake person? Is it any weirder than a mushroom person? No, but can't we just have like a normal time once? (laughs) The top of her head wouldn't be anywhere near his mouth. That's true. I'm going to go up to Ben and stand with my mouth at the level of his mouth just right in front of him. Look where the top of my head is. It's not even close to your mouth. Yeah, standing that close, Ben, is interesting. You never got that close to Rosa before. So you're, you're just noticing, for instance, how bright her eyes are. I think you just nailed it, Rosa. What? Maybe they weren't kissing. Maybe they were fighting and she was thrashing around. Oh, you think he was fighting her? Yes, fighting to get away. That would make sense. Yeah, maybe she like caught him. Did we see her at the bonfire? Do you remember? Because I remember seeing Nikki very briefly and then he like stalked off towards the woods. I remember you told me that because I didn't see him. I was looking up at a tree. Because you said that really cute opossum, right? I know, it was so (laughs) cute. Okay, focus. We got to focus. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. We think we know that Brigitte was at least involved, but if she did something like this and she's something other than a person, I mean, how do we handle that? I don't even know. I think number one is we need to let Diego know so he can have our back too. Maybe Harcourt too. Rosa is still turning that theory around in her mind and looks back at Peter and wonders, well, if... There was some sort of altercation between Peter and Brigitte. You would expect to see some sort of evidence beyond just a single hair in his teeth. Maybe there's something else. And so if Rosa wanted to, I would allow her to roll medicine, which she is not adept at. But because Ben is, and because you rolled an extreme, I will give you an advantage on that. So you essentially have two rolls if you wanted to dig deeper. We might find bruises somewhere. Anything, really. Do you have bandage scissors over there? Yeah, 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 here. And I'm going to use them to snip down his shirt down the center, and so I can pull it off. I'm a little amazed at how gracefully Rosa did this. Go ahead and give me that medicine roll. I rolled an 85 over 7, so that's fail. Second one, I rolled a 75 over 7, so that is also a fail. On his torso, you find no evidence of any kind of struggle whatsoever. His skin is very pale. There is no morbidity. There is no pooling or bruising of blood. Hey, Rosa, what was that story that Harcourt told us? That a boy was found with no blood, and then like the next day he was fine? Yeah, I thought so. If this is a true story, and it actually happened, how did the boy come back to life? 
Maybe we should do some surveillance and watch the cabin to see if he comes back. It was only a day according to the story, so if it's true, he should be back tomorrow. Maybe we should go talk to Diego and we can take shifts. Let's go fill in Diego too. Maybe he'll have a theory on the hair. Yeah. Put his shirt back together and then put the sheet over the top. So hopefully no one notices. Let's get out of here. The two of you exit the first aid shack, attempting to close the door as best as you can, realizing that the deadbolt is kaput, but at least it does latch. Uh, You also notice that Harcourt and Lindsay are no longer in sight. Those pansies probably went back to the bunkhouse. They're flowers? It's 1974. They're flower children. I'm going to walk briskly back to the bunkhouse. Holy crap, you invented power walking. You guys walk into the bunkhouse and it's it's empty, except you do notice a uh, piece of paper with a handwritten uh, note on it lying on the bed. I'm going to pick up the paper and look at the note. Went to woods to find Nikki. That's what you see. We should go to the woods and try to find him. Yeah, I, I guess the calamine lotion worked, huh? I hope so. Or he's out there to get more poison ivy on top of his calamine lotion. <laughs> And uh, we'll pick up with Diego, who is foraging through the woods with Brigitte. She's keeping up a pretty good pace, but, you know, looks over her shoulders occasionally to make sure you're still tagging along as best you can. And you find yourself a little sweaty because you've got the long sleeve shirt and it's not exactly cool out here right now. And the foliage is pretty thick. Are, are you doing okay, Diego? Uh, yeah, I'd, um, uh, I'm, I'm still going. <laughs> uh, I think he must just be right up here. I know there's a clearing up ahead. Um, you know, I really appreciate you helping us. It's, you know, he's my brother. He gets in all kinds of trouble. Yeah, it's, uh, not a problem. He, uh, like to visit this, this Nick of the Woods often? Is this, like, usually where he goes when he disappears, or? I don't know. He's been all over, ever since we got here. I don't know if you probably noticed, but he's a little sweet on Rosa. Yeah, it's uh, not hard to notice. I mean, she's a cute girl and everything, but I, I, he's a little scattered, you know? My parents don't really care for that. He he gets a little wild sometimes. Do you have parents? No, I, I was delivered by a stork. I know, but, uh, you know, people get divorced and stuff. I don't... Yeah, I have parents. Um, They're uh, military, both of them, actually. Oh, is that tough on you? Uh, I've lived in... Oh, God, how many now? Eight different states since I was born. Oh my God, that must be so exciting. You get to travel everywhere? You would think, but it gets kind of old after having to uproot and move to a new school in the middle of the school year six times. But isn't it kind of fun? You get to be like a new person. You can like change your whole persona if you want to. Nobody knows who you are at the new place. You try the first couple of times, but after a while you realize that you just don't really have the energy to keep something like that up. At some point, you're going to crack, you're going to make a mistake, you're going to slip, and somebody is going to notice. Oh, God, I know that feeling so well. But your your folks are still together? They're okay? Yeah. Yeah, at the moment. Oh, my folks are inseparable. Oh, it's kind of disgusting, really. Oh, yeah. No, I can't imagine that. Ugh, parents. Yeah, they just don't know what we're all about these days, you know? It's like we want to be know. out there and live our own lives. To be honest, if I could be rid of them today... I would be so much happier. They just really try to control every little aspect of my life. Oh, yeah, no. Military parents. I get it. My dad doesn't turn off when he leaves base. Sometimes I just wish we could just move away from here and be done with this stupid 
swampland. Who thought it was a good idea to build a camp out here anyway? I mean, seriously. It served its purpose, you know, and it's kind of fun to meet people like you. Oh, thanks. It's uh, been an interesting couple of days, to say the least. Yeah, I totally agree. It's been this week, honestly, has been really crazy. But Okay, well, it's just right up here. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I wasn't completely honest with you. My folks are actually out here. In the woods. Yeah, they they live in the woods. I mean, this is where we all live, honestly. Like, we didn't, we didn't come here the same way you did on the bus. We sort of exist here. This is our land. Like, you own it? And why, why'd you let them put a camp on here if it's yours? Well, our family has been here much longer than the camp's been here. All right. Um, I mean, would you like to meet my folks? Uh, my dad told me that I wasn't allowed to start dating until after I was married. And she blushes. I appreciate you bringing me out here. It was a very nice walk in, in chat, but, you know, I think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm ready for that kind of commitment yet, you know? I'm, I'm still, I'm still a kid. Please, we're, we still need to find Nikki. I think he might be here with mom and dad. Well, then you can go and check. You, you don't need me to go talk to your folks. Please, Diego. And she reaches out and touches you. And I'm going to need you to make horny roll. Roll for horny on Maine. I'm actually going to uh, roll for you. Aha. Uh-huh. Diego, you feel your defenses just crumble. Any sort of concern that you've had about her strange story. She's very convincing. And her hand on your arm, the one that has the calamine lotion on it, just makes you feel suffused with warmth and confidence and trust. You know, I was joking about making a new character earlier, but if you're really... Please, Diego. Fine. Make it quick. We'll we'll in and out. You know, make sure he's okay. And then we have to get back to get look. You know, that what's a Tommy? No, Timmy. No, what's the name? Starts with a T has the hair with the counselor. You know, what I'm talking about, right? Uh, she's uh, she's uh, already, uh, you know, looking to find me out of sorts in any way she can. I think she doesn't like me very much. But I wouldn't worry about that, Diego. I mean, she's yeah. She chased me through the woods earlier. I just I got to make sure I'm back before she can blame me for. Totally understand. She was very intimidating. So we'll we'll in and out. We'll make it quick. Okay. Sounds good. Well, just right beyond this brush right here uh, is the clearing, and I'm really excited for you to meet Father Mother. She brings you through the gap in the bushes into a clearing. So Ben and Rosa, you're looking at this strange note written quite hastily scrawled on a piece of paper towel. I am using the reach. Good call. I always forget about that. Closing my eyes. Ben can see my whole body like tense up and I'm thinking about Diego like as hard as I can. What I last saw him wearing. I'm thinking about the smell of the calamine lotion. I'm trying to think about like the sound of his voice. Hey. I can hear him in my head. The musk of his natural smell. 60% of the time it works every time. And that is a success, 76 under 80. This is going to get you the general sense of location and indeed woods. The note said woods, generally speaking, of north of where you're at. Okay. Ben, let's go that way. Starts pointing like a pointer dog. In the cabin so it really doesn't make any sense. I feel it. I think you're right. Let's go. You lead. Do you feel the love tonight? It's not time for a concert. Come on, Rosa. Let's go. 
I will get there as fast as I can in that direction. So it's quite clear because you have that piece of paper towel, the back window is open. I look at the window frame to see if anything came off of the people who went through the window. Sure, go ahead and give me a spot hidden. It's going to need to be hard. There you go. I rolled a hard success. 11 under 25. You do see a smear of calamine lotion on the windowsill. So I do know that Diego came this way. Ooh, it's still wet. He hasn't been gone long. Let's go see if we can pick up his trail. To the Rosamobile. I just have this feeling that he might be in trouble. Spidey sense? You can each roll it. Plain old track. Ooh, that is a fail with a 65 over 31. I had a 62 over 10. Tune in next week to meet my new character. Let's run blindly into the woods, waving our arms and screaming, Diego, where are you? Let's be clear. A failed roll doesn't mean you know that you failed. Right. Right. A failed roll means, oh, look, Rosa says, here's a broken branch leading this way. He must have veered off towards the west. And that's exactly what happens. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, I'm following. Yeah, you are definitely following me. So Ben and Rosa follow a portion of the trail, which leads off in many different directions. After about 15 minutes of following this trail, which becomes increasingly less reliable and less beaten down and less traveled, you begin to sort of circle around in a particular spot because it's pretty clear that you're kind of lost at this point. Cool. I'm going to need each of you to make a stealth roll, please. And you both need to succeed. I need a 60 roll to 30. Oh, I fumble. I rolled a 96 over 20. So the both of you have reached the end of this trail. You realize now is probably old and hasn't been recently used. And you're wondering if you should start backtracking towards one of the other branches when you hear something lumbering around just about 40 yards behind some small pine trees. Sheep squatch. It's a salmon. Salmon squatch. Drop to my haunches, squat down, try to get low. It's man bear pig. Ben, what was that? Did you hear that? I'm hiding behind a tree. Where the fuck did Ben go? It might be an animal. I'm not sure. It sounds big. Are there bear or moose around here? Yes, and yes. I don't think moose, but bears for sure. There's meese, but that's just a bunch of mice. There's large, hairy game in the woods. Yes. Wow. They got everything out here. Baby Gap. One-stop shopping. <laughs> <laughs> if it is a bear or another larger animal, like a like a cougar or a coyote, it already knows we're here. They got a bunch of old women who want to date younger men out here, too. A cougar and a coyote wouldn't make this much noise. Well, then that only leaves one other animal. The sheep squatch. A bear. Or it could be Diego. I don't know. Diego isn't that big. Let's just sit here and like wait and see what it does. Well, if it's an animal, it knows we're here because it can smell us. And maybe also hear you. It doesn't help that you shit your pants. Because we're yelling at each other. Hey, Ben, what do you think we should do? Uh, It's not really a spot to hide from a bear. I saw a cocaine bear. I know. Also, if it's an animal, I don't think running would make any sense. You know, my parents told me not to run from a bear. Can I run from the bear? Your parents didn't tell me. As long as you run faster than me, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to do to win. Right. And as you finish up that conversation, you see the small pines bend over slightly 
And then a large badger moves slowly from behind the pines. Massive. It looks about the size of a Doberman Pinscher. Honey badger don't give a fuck. Right now, it has not noticed you. It has stopped as it leaves the cover of the pines and sniffs the air. Rosa knows that badgers have really bad eyesight, so she's just going to stay still. Its vision is based on movement. Bowel movements, though. It's weird. And after a moment of standing stock still, the badger looks your way, blearily, its eyes watery and roomy. It looks the opposite direction of where you're standing, and then it continues on its path, lumbering slowly. That was weird. I don't think badgers are supposed to be that big, Ben. Yeah, that was really large. And I thought they were mostly nocturnal. I thought so, too. And that's when a hand clamps down on both of your shoulders simultaneously. And you hear Counselor Tammy say, Well, that was close. But I think it's about time we get back to camp, huh? Thank you. We are so lost. We were trying to get back for 15 minutes. Thank you so much for helping us. Have either of you seen Brigitte or Nikki or Diego? No, that's why we came out. We were trying to find them. Well, we need to go back and talk with Harcourt and Lindsay. They're very upset about something. What happened? I think we should talk to them. And she begins marching you back towards the camp. Diego, Brigitte seems to be incredibly pleased that you've agreed to meet Father Mother. And puts her arm around your waist which feels pretty good, walks slowly with you into a massive clearing where the trees and saplings and shrubs and bushes have all been pressed down, so it's all flat. At the back edge of this clearing is a boggy swamp. Diego, don't be shy. I'm sure you two will get along just fine. And she pushes you Slightly in front of her. Wait, two? I sh- shouldn't it be three? And as you watch, the bog begins to bubble. Big bubbles of some sort of gaseous material emerging from the thick, fetid waters. Hey, that was me after eating that lunch. And then bursting with a loud pop. Any bullfrogs in the area jump away as... Something begins to surface from the water. Hey, I'm Croconea. From the dark waters emerges a bulbous mass, approximately the size of a VW bus. That's big. Its exterior is black and leathery, yet a deep crimson beneath a thin layer of membrane covering the body. And it slowly, with a wet, sick, sucking sound, pulls itself from the mire and begins sliding and writhing in your direction. The only thing that makes you not run away in complete terror is the comforting arm of Brigitte encircling your waist, standing just slightly behind you. And that's when you hear 
Nikki's voice say in your ear, Hey man, so sorry, but Brigitte and I just need a little help with father, mother. I hope you don't mind. And you turn around and Brigitte has become Nikki. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. What happened? What happened is me making another character. You suck at this game. Hey, new speed run <laughs> world record any percent. I managed to get my character killed in five episodes. Let's go. Next case, it's going to be three. It's the calamine lotion, isn't it? Holy crap. Wow. Can't you kill somebody else for a change? It always comes down to rolls. A quick, a quick moment of silence for Diego. I knew him once for about two days. <laughs> if you're not busy living, you might as well get busy dying. Damn right. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. So start us off a lupine. Today I have uh, a video game. I know I'm sorry I'm stepping on your toes, Matt. Called Wall World. I've have been having a lot of fun with this game. It's a pretty simple game. Uh, it's a roguelite. So uh, you go into it expecting to die, much like Matt makes his characters. It's another one of those post-apocalyptic things that I love so much. All the humans have been driven up into the clouds. And so they have cities in the clouds. And you never are never actually in the clouds. What you are doing is you're on the wall because there's a wall underneath these cities that sort of like protects everyone from these dangerous mutant creatures and robotic creatures and they sort of don't even really describe how exactly these things came to be. It doesn't matter that much because they're just things that can hurt you and you have to shoot them. And so you crawl up and down the side of the wall in, um, it's called a spider, a mechanical spider. It's like a little craft that you're in and it has four legs and you crawl up and down the wall and you find an area where there's a weak point in the wall and the spider then uses its tunneling equipment to tunnel into the wall and then you go in with your sonic drill. You can clear away certain sections of the wall. It ends up being a 2D side-scroller platformer because you can jump in and move around inside and so there's these set areas that you can clear out because certain rock is mineable and certain rock is not and there's resources in some of them and you can find different places and I am playing, perhaps it's because I'm playing on one of the harder difficulties, but it's really freaking hard. But I keep going back. There are things that you can get that last for run to run so you can upgrade the spider and the way they get past the whole you fail thing and start again is that when these creatures or whatever they are that are trying to shoot you finally do make your spider blow up you are ejected presumably back to wherever you got the spider in the first place to get another one and you can find power-ups and you can find buffs for your ship and you can find buffs for yourself and you can spend those resources that you find on buffs again, for your ship or yourself. Those are all run to run. And then there's, of course, the ones that you can buy that last for all the runs. It's very meditative because it's very simple. There's not much to do. Again, it doesn't really tell you even why you're there. I sort of have this amorphous idea of why I'm there and what I'm fighting. That's Wall World. It's on Steam. Thank you, Lupine. Appreciate that recommendo. And Matt, you are up next. I'm also going to recommendo a video game that is also, I guess you could put it in the, the roguelite category, because I'm going to recommendo a game called Deathloop. It's from Arcane Studios. 
Uh, you play a guy named Colt and you wake up on this mysterious island. You don't know really who you are or where you came from or why you get or why you're there. But you very quickly learn that you are basically trapped on this island, which is the headquarters of a big corporation. And you are stuck because the whole island is caught in a repeating time loop. And it seems that every time you die, the day resets and everybody goes back to the beginning. So the whole gist of the game is you're playing as Colt. You're investigating different areas of the island. You're learning about the secrets behind the corporation. You're learning about the people that run it. And at the same time, trying to uncover why this island or how this island is stuck the way it is and how to undo it because you want out. And the game very quickly turns into this game of I'm going to try this and you go a different way and you get killed. But you learn a little something. And then you go back the next time and you use that knowledge to get a little bit further. As you're going on, you eventually meet, end up meeting your rival, a woman named Juliana, whose sole purpose it is to kill you repeatedly so you can never finish your mission. And one of the neat little things about this game is you can choose to let Juliana be controlled by other players. So if you want a little more of a challenge, you can feel free to open your game up and other people will jump in at random intervals and try and hunt you down and kill you. Um, if you're not a fan of that, you can let the AI handle it, but it's a little more entertaining when you have another player on the other end. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, time travel story and it quickly turns into this game of the more you play, you realize, you know, oh, first thing I have to go here and do this and then I have to make it over here and do this and then I need to do this. And it becomes this environmental puzzle of how do I stick all of these pieces together in the right order and the right time to do it all in one go. Otherwise, the whole machine resets. It's really immersive and intricate. There's a lot of like environmental interaction, a lot of ways you can take care of people. You don't just have to shoot them. Uh, you end up with gadgets and stuff that you can use to help along the way. You'll learn uh, new you know, tricks and gadgets and some powers. And eventually you retain the ability to keep a couple of things with you to make it a little easier as you go on. Um, but it's a really interesting game and it really does a good job at making you sit and assess your environment. And it, the overall puzzle of the game is really, really well done. And it's a lot of fun to try and unravel. Thank you, Matt, for that. And I'm up next. Obviously, anybody who knows me knows that my love of genre movies runs deep. I like horror first and foremost, sci-fi thriller and just bonkers action exploitation flicks. And as many of you already know and are probably sick of hearing me blab on about, I am head over heels for Shudder, the premier streaming service for all things ooky and spooky. However, not long ago, I stumbled across a limited time offer that I could not resist. 99 cents a month for three months for a service called Scream. Box. I already knew about this streaming platform and honestly dismissed it because it looked so similar to Shudder. But once I browsed a bit, I really began to admire its library of films and partnerships with such luminaries as Vinegar Syndrome, AGFA, that's the American Genre Film Archive, and Severin. There's even a McGarris uh, Selects option. Sure, Shudder still has uh, some movies from these publishers as well, but there was enough of a gap when I compared the two services to Screenbox. I thought I could at least use three months to catch up on any blind spots. So if you're seeking a fresh collection of genre films and TV shows, check out Screenbox. Sweet. All right, Brian, why don't you close this out? Um, I'm actually, I was in the market for a new keyboard. The keyboard I got about two years ago, the enter key started to stick. It would not let me remove the cap. 
when I finally got it off, it actually broke. So doing a little bit of light research, don't have didn't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, I came across probably the worst name for a keyboard that I've ever heard. This company has a great reputation, great customer service, according to all of their customers. And the build quality is beyond what I expected for the price. Let's see if I can pronounce it. It's a Red Dragon. It's supposed to be like Red Dragon, but that's only one D. It's either Red Dragon or Red Dragon. But you know what? It's a it's an aluminum keyboard, uh, LED, wireless or wired. It's got some unique controls on it. So you have the wheel so you can scroll with it. Quite impressed. So I like the keyboard so much. I actually got the uh, wireless mouse to go with it. It feels so good in your hand. It's the ergonomics are perfect. And it has um, instead of the five button, it's actually got a six button. It's got a thumb button at the very tip of it, which is nice. So keyboard was only like 60 bucks. For a wireless keyboard, USB-C, rechargeable. So I highly recommend Redragon or Red Dragon or Red Dragon. All right. Thanks, Bri. But guys, this is going to be it for the episode of the Lovecraft Tapes this week. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to our live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. And I am once again coming to you for new character ideas. Uh, hit me up on Mastodon or Blue Sky at The Real Weird Kid. I really hope it's not mushrooms again. Anything but mushrooms, like parasites, dermoid cysts, anything. Oh yeah, go to my link tree. I have one of those. I have a link tree. Link tree slash Ben Vendetta. I have a cup and string. So if you can find the other end, we're chatting. Until next time, roll for membrane. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.